1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T Formation Conversation. I'm your host Lester Wilfong, editor in chief at Windy City Gridiron. You can also find me co-hosting Baron Balance, which is another podcast on the network. And as I have most of this season, I am joined by Mason West doctor of physical therapy to kind of help us out as we preview the bears lions with a special emphasis on the injured players. Mason, how you doing today?
0: Doing pretty good. Uh apologize to anyone having to listen. I have a little bit of a cold I'm getting over, so
1: I feel I sound a little funky, but other than that, I'm doing okay. You know, you did your uh, bare bones podcast last night solo cuz Dan had to work. So you're mm-hmm. uh you were all alone and I got to tell you as someone who started doing this whole thing here solo, I did not like being solo. So the fact that you were able to knock out close to an hour show, I would listen to it on the train ride home today. Outstanding stuff. Good job there.
0: No, I appreciate it. You know, Jordan flu game, you you, you just got to do what you got to do. And uh, luckily, the way the show is set up, it's the, the categories we have. It's easy to to roll through those. But it was definitely different because uh, usually Danny and I banter a good amount and uh, had to keep myself on track a little bit.
1: You know, those categories are fun. I, I know we do the same thing, kind of similar thing on, on Bear and Balance with me and Jeff Burkis. I find the categories help pace the show, and it helps give your listeners something to always tune into. Oh, I, I know they're going to run through these categories for the most part. It gives you you know, a, a, a frame of reference to know kind of where the show's going. So if you have not listened to Mason's show, Bare Bones, it's him and Danny Meehan, uh Thursday. Well, the season's almost over, so you only have one more week to go here before we hit off season. But hey, Check it out either on the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel or here on Second City Gridiron YouTube channel. So but let's get into this here. And before we get into the injury report, I want to go over a few injured players who are playing. And and the first one, of course, is is Justin Fields going to be okay? Shoulder injury, you kind of broke it down on, on your show last night. He got his foot stepped on. He says he's fine. He's a tough kid. I kind of saw him doing a little, a little gritty, a little Christmas gritty on a video. So I think he's moving okay. But but honestly, is Justin Fields going to be okay here? So, especially with the
0: extended season, right? We have the extra week here. No player is one hundred percent. You know, it, it's just a matter of are you hurt or injured, and especially with Justin. His definition of hurt or injured are also two very different things. Uh, so to him, he's just always hurt at most. Uh, he's always going to gut it out. We saw that back at Ohio State. You know, He got smacked in the ribs multiple times and was still able to gut it out. We saw that back in high school. You can see there's a, couple, there's a clip of him when he broke a finger and he was still playing and finishing out the game. So he's a guy that he's never going to pull himself out. And we saw a little bit last week what that might mean for him. So, you know, and it was like a kind of a bang-bang, didn't think much of it play. Schofield blocked his guy into into Justin. He just lowered his shoulder, and he had direct impact on that A.C. joint. And he came up a little little, little funky after it. And that's the thing. It's just going to be like that the rest of the season. I mean, again, there's only two weeks left, so it's not like we're super worried about it. Uh, But that is something that you have to keep in mind. And the Bears changed, at least I thought, their game plan after that happened. It seemed like he was running a little less he seemed to pull the ball a little bit less. So that is something that you have to factor in for the next couple of weeks. Now, once you hit the offseason, there's really nothing that you'd be too concerned about. When you have a shoulder separation like he does, th- that'll heal up totally fine. You know, it's not like a shoulder dislocation. That is something that you're more worried long-term about. That's like what Mitch Trubisky had. That's what Jalen Johnson had. Uh, that's something that you either usually need surgery for, And oftentimes, as we saw, Anthony Miller, another great example, um, and is recurrent. This should not be a recurrent issue
1: going into next year. Yeah, he he even talked about after the game that he he was told when he hurt himself that it's going to just nag him the whole season long. So that's just one of those things where, like you said, once season ends, he can get full rest. Now, is this going to affect his his offseason training? Uh, I mean, if his non-throwing shoulder. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine with as far as the throwing aspect. But, you know, working out lifting weights, you know, want to be, you know, symmetrical. Is he going to have to let that heal before he does his full normal workout?
0: No, he's going to pretty much be able to go into it all out. Okay. Your only concern is what he's doing right now, playing football and the contact. Once once that ends and he's just doing a probably like a mini rehab stint, just trying to make sure that left shoulder catches up to the right and then it's full speed ahead. So, I don't know, like a couple week delay, but nothing that would really set him back.
1: He'll go to Cabo for a couple weeks, come back, refreshed, ready to go. So, so we said no surgery for Fields. Also, no surgery for Eddie Jackson. You know, we didn't we didn't have a chance to talk last week because of the holidays. Uh, so, I, I wanted to get your take on this. He tweeted out no surgery. It's that lift. How you say, it? Liz? Liz, Liz Frank. Frank. Liz Frank. Oh, it's a lot easier than I thought. Liz Frank injury, no surgery. So it's not going to affect his, his rehab time, but. Is he going to come back healthy hundred percent because this secondary is shaping up to be pretty good. He comes back healthy. Kyler Gordon, Jacon Busker, rookies are, are really kind of, you know starting to have starting to flash more more often. You know, Jalen Johnson, if he comes back, I know he's on i uh, on IR, but you know he's it was one of those things where it was just more 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 cautious for him. So Eddie Jack, is he going to be okay with his rehab?
0: So the good news is, like you just said, it wasn't surgery that was required. If you needed surgery, you go and you stabilize. So there's rods involved and all those shenanigans. And that really affects the overall biomechanics of the foot. And usually you end up having to go back in again for a second surgery to remove a lot of that hardware just because it bothers you. It's just hard to act normally as a foot when you have all that going on. So the fact that that didn't happen and the fact that he was able to start his rehab sooner is fantastic. You're more concerned with a Liz Frank with someone like you know, a big offensive defensive lineman, Larry Ogunjobi is a perfect example of that, uh, why he ultimately did not get signed by the Bears because that foot injury just nagged with that much force and mass going down into it. Um, also a position like a wide receiver corner. So if you have like a, like a Michael Thomas, who really needs to be able to have those pinpoint cuts, you know, slack God has, as he's well known, uh, that's going to be more concerning. So for like an Eddie Jackson, where so much of his is based on instincts and so much of where he moves to. Yes, he still needs to make those cuts, but it's a different kind of cut. It's a more wide range. It doesn't have to be quite so pinpoint. And then he can just also attack downfield. So for him, it should not be a big, big deal. Is it going to rob him of half a step or so? Potentially. It really depends on his rehab, who he lines himself with. I know one of the guys that he does a lot of rehab and performance work with is one of the best in the business. So that I wouldn't be super concerned about that point. So he should come back and really help this Bears young secondary keep moving forward.
1: Another good thing about Eddie Jackson, I mean, he he's a good athlete, but he's not like he's not a four three speed guy. He's more in, instinctual guy. Uh, kind of plays the game with with this, you know, above the shoulders. You know, he understands what's going on, which kind of leads us to Jack Sanborn, another guy who kind of gets by because of his his football IQ. Again, we didn't talk last week. I wanted to get your take on. He went to IR with an ankle injury. You know, Coach Flew said. It was nothing serious, but it would prevent him from playing in these last few games, so that's why they just went ahead and put him on IR. Are you thinking high ankle sprain, something like that?
0: Yeah, based on that timeline, I would think high ankle. If it was a traditional lateral ankle sprain, that would be like a one, two-week thing, and he might be able to pop back in, in theory, for this game or even the final one. But in in essentially what is a lost season, and I think they even said this, if, if this injury had happened a little earlier in the season, he would have been back. So it was just one of those things, cut your losses, no reason to rush it, fully rehab, uh, wasn't clearly a bad enough ankle sprain where he needed a surgery. So let's say it was high ankle. He didn't need the Nikhil Harry type of like Mm tightrope surgery. And for a linebacker of his who he is, like you said, he's not exactly uh, beating you out of the gym or jumping out of the gym, you could say, in terms of his speed and, and quickness. He's more of a shoulder up kind of guy. This really won't affect him very much. He's still going to be able to do what he does, but I would expect his offseason to spend, to do a lot of speed work. You know, you do find a lot of these guys after their rookie year, they see where some of the holes in their game are. And so he's probably going to align himself with someone who's more of a, you know, a quickness, speed guy, you know, footwork individual. Like if it were me and I was hooking him up with someone, I'd find a wide receiver coach, like straight up who, like, who can work on that quick feet. But yeah, he should come back 100%,
1: no issues. Yeah, I'm glad you touched that. I was going to ask you about that. You hear a lot of times, you know, the current group of fans are like, "Oh, Sam Born, the reason why he's undrafted because he's not a great athlete." But once these guys are professional football players and they don't have to go to school, you know, they have pretty much their their full time job is preparing to be a professional athlete. These guys can get quicker, they can get stronger, they can get faster. I mean, that this is something that happens. You know, we saw David Montgomery. He came into the league. I think he was a four or six guy. He, he worked with the 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 footwork king for a while. He got a little quicker, a, a little faster. His miles per hour that was all over Twitter, I think a, a couple years, seasons ago. So Jack Sandberg can definitely come back with his football IQ intact, smarter about the game, but now also maybe he picks up a, a half step.
0: Fans need to remember what the the preseason, offseason looks like for these rookies. They are preparing for the combine, the underwear Olympics. Yeah. You are not preparing to play football. That is an entirely different thing. Uh, if you have an opportunity, there's a couple of really good ones, uh, shows and stuff that dive into that. I know one that Justin was in with him and Michael Parsons where they looked at what they did on a daily basis. You're just trying to run a 40 as fast as you can. You were trying to do a, you know, the T drill as fast as you can. That isn't football. It just straight up isn't. So then once they finish that, now all of a sudden you get, you know, you do your pro day, which is, same version, then you get drafted and then you go through these really, really fast, you know, rookie mini camp and all these other things. It's like, you're just trying to not drown as a rookie. You're trying to learn your yeah. playbook. You're not spending time figuring out, well, how can I get my feed faster? You know, that's what this next year is going to be. And that's why you hopefully see a lot of these rookies take that second year jump.
1: This is why a lot of times you hear about that. You said that the second year jump, it's because now they they get through the rookie, they get through all the stuff that, you know, they're not used to. Now they're comfortable. They understand the playbook better. They understand how to take care of their body better. They probably have a a veteran kind of mentoring them a little bit. They get the NFL game. So you see so many rookies take a big jump in that second year. So, uh, yeah, again, we talk about seven the season. Jack Sammer is going to come back, and he's going to lock down that Mike position and, uh, you know, be the next Brian Urlacher. Okay, maybe not. But uh, (laughs) before we get to the actual injury reports, A couple guys were off of the report today, and that is uh, both starting guards, Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins, both come back. Now, Whitehair looked pretty rough uh, before he got hurt, so I don't know if he got hurt um, during the game with the Eagles or was it the Packers so long ago. But he he was really – oh, it was was the uh, the Eagles. He looked rough in that game. So my thought at the time was he got hurt early because he looked slow. Um, He had a knee injury earlier in the season – is this just going to be nagging him around as the as the the last couple of games here?
0: Yes, <laughs> I would uh, not expect amazing play out of Cody Whitehair at these next couple of games. It's just going to be basically try not to get your butt kicked too much. Yeah. And, you know, and the question ends up being: Is he your best? Is is a seventy five percent Cody Whitehair better than you know a hundred percent of your other options? So whoever that might be, whether you're talking about just tier Carter, who isn't an option this week as he's out, are you talking about, you know, a man, it's it's just tough because like there's a lot of options felt. on the offensive yeah, line. It's not you're, talking of that. Yeah. you're talking about Schofield. You're talking about Schofield, you're talking about some of those guys. Um and so yes, it's gonna be lingering for the rest of the season. And it's gonna be an important offseason for him. And he really and the reason he's pushing through this too is because there is a question mark in terms of, is he going to be with the team next year? Is there an option to cut, move on from him, especially with the amount of money that the bears are going to have? Cause they could deal with some of the dead, dead money that's going on there. So if I'm, it's understandable, why Cody wants to keep pushing through this and it's understandable that the bears want to see what they ultimately have because this year has been a lot of ups and downs for him.
1: And then Tevin Jenkins, you know, he had the neck injury. He was taken out on a board obviously with the neck, you know, uh, you don't play around with a neck or head injury right. if you think there's possibly something going on there with a spinal cord or neck or something, you put them on the board. You, you, you'd be really, really cautious with that. But that was a scary situation. He kind of went off, um, he, he saw a couple specialists and he wanted to play last week, exactly. And of course, the Bears are like, take it easy, you know, let's 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 give it a week here, but practice in full. He's back. So, so w- what probably happened then with the neck injury? I mean, obviously, it was nothing serious. You hear a lot of fans throw on the word "stinger." Is that still a thing that that that, these, that is that, that that's not the technical term, is it?
0: So, it's not the technical term. And it, one of my soapboxes in in football uh, medicalness is I hate when people say, "Oh, it's just a stinger," throwing there it around it like it's some um, not a big deal. Because and, and there's a, a spectrum of what that means, but ultimately, it means that you are putting tension on the nerve. So usually okay. what you'll see is, you know, that if, if this was your nerve, then all of a sudden it gets overly elongated and you get symptoms down, whatever that appendage is. Usually you see it mostly in the arms just because of how that works. Now, when you have that, you get burning, you get numbness, you get tingling, you get weakness, you know, all of those kinds of things. Now, the higher end of the spectrum, you might get that stinger, but also with compression of, let's say, maybe some of the facets in the neck, pushing pushing on that nerve. And once that happens, that facet's going to stay relatively closed. And then you're not going to get the strength back. You're not going to get the feeling back in your arm as quickly. And that's where all of a sudden you might be concerned with, well, what actually happened there, right? Was there a fractured vertebrae? Was there something more large going on there that is causing these symptoms downriver? That's why he ended up getting put on the board and carted out of there. So it was probably essentially a prolonged nerve compression, essentially, that happened once things got down, once inflammation reduced. I'm, sure that I'm assuming what happened was that a lot of that feeling and that strength was
1: able to come back in his appendages. Makes sense. Yeah. For me, when, when I coached, my pet peeve was, uh, when the parents say, Oh, he got his bell rung, you know, like, like like I was coaching right when like this concussion thing started, you know, started, they were more aware of it, you know, they're starting to teach it like the the USA football and stuff. And, you know, but you still have some old school guys and, you know, Oh, he got his bell rung. And that, that would, that would like trigger me. I'm like, you know, this is your kid you're talking about here you know, it's a head injury. Let's, let's, no, let's, let's step back a little bit and make sure we're, we're safe here. But, uh, but that's good. But let me take a really quick break and then we'll there dive, dive into the actual uh, Bears lions injury report.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: All right, Mason, we are back. Uh, Good stuff so far. Talk about a lot of the the players that are going to be able to play. A few of them that are going to rehab this offseason. But as far as this game, Bears-Lions – Bears are a six-point dog, over/under 51. So Vegas thinks a lot of scores. We we po- scored in the a lot of points scored in the dome there, and I, I'm expecting a lot of points. Um, this isn't the same offense Justin Fields had when they had the, the, the five-game stretch of 30 points, but you know Justin Fields is still there. He can still put up some points with his feet. He can kind of move the ball. Uh, he's getting some players back. Hopefully this week we talked about the lineman coming back. I heard you on bare bones. You're picking the Lions, but you're picking the Bears to cover, correct?
0: Yeah, that's just what the Bears have done all year. Uh, yeah. as, after the first couple of weeks, they've been the team that they were surprisingly able to score a lot of points. The defense was not able to stop almost anybody, and they've consistently kept games close. So even without some of your – like you're saying, you're missing Darnell Mooney, which is going to be big. But, you know, hopefully with Tevin Jenkins back, hopefully with Cody Whitehair, the protection's a little better, and hopefully – You know maybe you can get cole Komet to wake up again because he's been a little quiet
1: the last couple weeks and hopefully you get chase claypool
0: back this week as well
1: yeah we had a question in the comment here on on youtube you know uh, how do you feel about justin fields you talked about you know some linemen coming back do you think it's more of a risk the fact that uh the line has been shaky or he's he's been pretty smart with how he's able to get down you know avoid the big hits this year
0: justin is a gamer yeah. And he's always going to to do that. And we've seen that time and time again. Like, the end of that Bills game is a perfect example. They, Luke Getze called a game that was very heavy, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Oh, look, a super beautiful pass deep to to Velas uh, Jones. And then we run, 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 run three run. plays oh. in a row. It makes no sense. And now it's time. All right, we're down. We got a score. Let's just try to air it out all of a sudden. And Justin gets hit over and over and over again. Because the Bills can pull pin their ears back and they know exactly what's coming behind a line that is porous. I it's just one of those things he's not going to he's not going to take the easy way out. We just we know that he's gonna hang in the pocket. He's gonna to try to hit the 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 play that's called whether it's you know a deeper route. He's gonna to try to he is a gunslinger, right? He that's what he's gonna do. So I mean if it were me, if I put my coach's hat on, I've personally seen enough out of Justin if we're gonna keep calling conservative plays all game long and then ultimately try to air it out in the last drive. I don't see the point. I, I would say, you know what? Oh, that shoulder's bad. I'm going to throw you on IR. Now, I know that's not what fans want to hear. That's not what Justin wants to hear. That's not what the players want to hear. But if you're go- but then call something different.
1: Have a better game plan because like, right now it's not working. I have a feeling that obviously he's going to play against the Lions. I have a feeling that depending on what's going on with the Vikings and their situation, I have a feeling the Bears may decide to kind of be smart that last game. Maybe start fields. Maybe play him a little bit, but I think at some point we are going to see a little bit of a Nathan Peterman experience because, you know, it's the end of the year. You talked about, you know, let's just be safe. You know, let's get everyone in. Let's get everyone their their moment in the sun here. But uh, but let's get into this report here. You know, Bears-Lions, it's not the, the, the cleanest of reports here, um, but, you know, the Bears have two guys ruled out. Sterling Weatherford, backup linebacker, he's sick, he's out, he'll be back. Uh, You already mentioned earlier at the top uh, to Tyree Carter guard back injury. He hurt his back during practice, which is kind of, uh, you know, unfortunate to see. And then he's ruled out. So you hope it's nothing serious. Um, I guess if it was serious, they would have IR'd him, but hopefully he's back at some point. Neither one of those guys played on, on offense or defense anyway. So that's, that's no big loss, but, but, but here we go. Chase Claypool wide receiver, Dante Pettis, wide receiver, both questionable. On the heels of Equinemius St. Brown finally being cleared from concussion protocol, so he'll be back. What are the chances of Chase Claypool, who, who is uh, limited the last two weeks, and Dante Pettis, who got hurt in practice? You think these guys are going to be out there on uh, on Sunday?
0: I wish there was a video of the Dante Pettis ankle injury just because that would give a much clearer picture of what happened. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is, as as you can see for the injury report, Right. He was limited the rest of Wednesday when it happened. He didn't practice at all on Thursday and then limited on Friday. The Bears Fridays are pretty chill. Like it's it's not that hard. So to be limited in there is definitely on the low end. Yeah. Uh I would be I'm more concerned about him playing than I am Chase Claypool at this point. I think for Chase, they're essentially seeing how his knee reacts. If on Saturday he wakes up, he feels good, he can run through stuff. Sunday he wakes up, he feels good. I expect he'll be playing. So I put his chances at more like 75% versus I put Dante Pettis's down at like 25%. I am not as confident with the Dante Pettis one, which stinks because now you have to figure out not just for being as a wide receiver, but also punt return. So do we get the return of Valis Jones? Valus, let's <laughs> go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for
1: the Valis. Valis get his chance back. Cause I think he's just an electrifying runner. You know, he, he has to work through that, the fumble, the fumbleitis. Uh, But yeah, Dante Pettis, He's not here next year, I don't think. But Chase Claypool, he's a, he's a part of this, this team going forward. I think he wants to get out there. I think the, the coaches want to see him out there. I think Ryan Poles wants to see him out there. You want to see him kind of get out there and see what he can do and you know if he can give uh, Justin Fields that target he needs. And, and then one more uh, bear here on, on the report, Travon Wesco, tight end. Uh, he hurt his calf a few weeks back. He missed a couple games. Like Claypool and Pettis, he was limited he's a he's a big part of the of their blocking scheme i mean he's used uh as, as a blocker they seem to they carry a fullback and carry blasting game but they seem to to use a double tight end set a little more often so you know it'd be nice to get Wesco back i mean he was part of those those big those big uh performances in the run game early the season so you get get Wesco back maybe the bears can put up another uh you know 200 yards on the lions on the ground
0: I think when you when you lose a Wesco and a Equinemius St. Brown, you see that in the run game. You feel that in the run game. Exactly. Because they're both huge and blocking, And like you just said. And, yes, no, Wesco's not – he's not exactly moving the chains himself with the ball, but seeing the difference between him on the edge versus having a Ryan
1: Griffin or a Cole Komet, it's
0: a, it's a big difference.
1: Before we go to the Lions, I want to ask you a question. Nikhil Harry. A lot of fan speculation is that he should be a, a a move tight end, a wide tight end. Do you see that in his future? Do you think that's something that uh, obviously that's up to the player to decide that, The coaching has to decide that, but he has the body type to do that, right?
0: I mean, I think he would fit really well there. I think it would maximize his skill more just because he'd get much better matchups. But we kind of saw this a little bit with the uh, – Tevin Jenkins fiasco even where he yeah. just really didn't want to move to guard and there's a reason because tight ends aren't glamorous tight ends don't get paid as much uh, I think if the writing was on the wall and you know a couple things had to happen he might see the light and be like oh this is okay this is a I need to do this for me to survive in the NFL but I think as of right now he's still clinging to the hope that no I am a I'm a wide out and whether that's just because of the prestige whether it's because of the payday that he's kind of holding on to that
1: I hope he realizes at some point his his best path to a, a long career as a tight end spot. I mean, he, he's a little bigger than 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 uh, than Trey Burton, you know, the Bears old old wide tight end. He's about that same size as, as as several move tight ends in the league, so it fits for him. You know, I don't see why he wouldn't want to do it. So let's go to the Lions real quick. Uh, Coyote Awasika, did I say that right? Do you know? Have any idea how to say that name correctly? Coyote Awasika sounds good to me. I, I don't know. like it. Uh, guard. Out for the Lions. He's a backup, not a big deal. Deshaun Elliott, though, he's a safety, uh, starting safety for them. He's out. So obviously that's hurt their secondary. Uh Frank Ragnow. From what I understand, he's been battling this foot injury all season long to kind of been managing it. And, and the beat writers for the Lions, they're all pretty confident he'll play. So I know he he didn't practice earlier in the week. It's kind of what the, the par for the course with him. He was limited uh today. But from what I understand, this is kind of what but what his routine has been. So their, their Pro Bowl center should be in the lineup. Uh, so that's obviously going to be bad for the Bears. Uh, Justin Jackson, uh, running back, hip questionable. Josh Woods, former Chicago Bear. Linebacker, biceps, also questionable. Um, from what I understand, those two probably are probably game-time decisions. But Frank Ragnall, I mean, he he's he's a good part of this Lion offensive line. With, with Penny Sewell, you know, record. They got a pretty good line. I mean, they've done a good job building it up, so – if Ragnarok can't play, but like I said, it sounds like he will. But the Bears need to get after the quarterback. And who's going to do that on this Bears D-line right now?
0: Can I, can I say nobody? Like,
1: nobody, yeah, no one. <laughs> I, I'm
0: just pretty confident that – I mean, just, Justin Jones is a, is a solid dude, but he's like – he should be your number two, right? I mean, yeah. he's your second interior guy behind insert name here, whoever that might be, whether it is in free agency or in the draft next year. Uh, I like him but he can't be your main dude and right now there's just no there's no edge rush whatsoever as soon as you lost Robert Quinn even as you know pedestrian as his pressure and numbers were it just like Gibson's a guy and it yes. sucks I want him to be more but as, at this point in time all I see him is is just a guy uh you know Muhammad's another one where he's actually really solid against the run but he, he just he can't get after the quarterback though and that's frustrating. So, and the Lions had a bit of a rough week last week. I mean, to be fair, they were going against a very good Panthers, you know, defensive front. So, you know, you're allowed to have a rough game against a Brian Burns, for example. Uh, so, I don't, maybe if Frank
1: Ragnow's is a little hobbled, maybe you can get some pressure up the middle, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I, I'm a little concerned with some of the young. Uh, I, I thought we'd see more from Dominique Robinson. He mm-hmm. flashed early. You know, I haven't went back and checked the numbers, but it seems like all his his hits, quarterback hits, and all his pressures came early. Very I can't early. remember the last time he made a splash play. I don't remember the last thing time he, time he did something really positive. Um, you mentioned Gibson. And I thought he'd be a little, a little more at this point in his career. You know, he's he's still young, so I mean there's still some hope there. And plus maybe once you get that dude in the middle at the three tech. Everything else kind of falls into place, you know, because because right now, because if you get that guy at, at the three tech, let's say it's Jalen Carter from Georgia, if he's your your draft pick, he's in that middle. He's he's commanding attention mm-hmm. now. Maybe the rest of those guys can do something, but regardless, you know, this whole whole front front four here going to look really different in the offseason. I can't see anyone coming back as far as a starter. Like you said, I think uh, Jones is going to be uh, best off the bench but no one else I think will be starting. It's going to be a whole new a whole new front. I think this defense
0: as a whole is going to look very different. Uh, whether <laughs> yeah. you talk about the front the fronts obviously there your linebacker core is going to be different. You're probably going to have at least one new corner. Uh I don't know how confident you are in your slot corner right now, but um you can never have enough corners. So it's going to be a really interesting offseason and it has to start up front because was it? that Bears had 18 sacks, which is the lowest that they've had yeah. ever since 2003, which they also had 18. I mean, that's that they're, they're tied with the franchise low. That's bad when
1: your team is usually
0: defined by defense.
1: And Alan Williams, as a defensive play caller, he, he the last month or so has been trying. He has been dialing up some blitzes. He's been trying to do some things. There's just nobody on this front. I mean, they're not getting home. You know, it's it's one thing to blitz and trying to scheme up a guy to be open, but if your front can't create any movement at all, where are these holes are supposed to blitz through? And then, of course, if they're blitzing the wrong hole, which we saw happen a couple times, now right. you're now you're open to a to a big play. So, yeah, I'm like you. It's uh, it's a rough front. Jared Goff, man, he's gonna you know, torch these these Bears. You know, hopefully the guys in the secondary can make a play or two, but. I'm like you. I, I I see the the Lions winning. I, I'm not sure if they're gonna cover. I am not sure what I what I bet on that. I know we do a, a weekly pick 'em section with uh, with WCG. I think I may have just kind of been a homer and went ahead and uh and pick them to cover. But I do like the over. I think there's gonna be a lot of points. The controlled environment, the dome. That's what I wanna see. I wanna see high scoring contest. Both these defenses are bad. Bears, of course, are much worse, but I wanna see Justin Fields doing some Justin Fields things. I want to see some passing more. You talked about on your show last night, you know, let's, you know, let's have him make some plays, you know, let's see what he can do out there with Chase Claypool and, you know, equity St. Brown is back and, you know, schemes come looks up and, and can we get a slant once in a while?
0: It's just funny because going back to the the Nagy era, you know, the slants and the hitches, I feel like we're, we're pretty constant. And now, you, you still get the hitches, which is weird. I, I never understand why you run four hitches across the board. It makes no sense to me. But, yeah, can we get a single slant? Like, are you telling me that you can't teach Bayless to put one foot in the dirt and, and cut after two steps? It, it makes no sense to me.
1: It's depending on the defense. It's like stealing sometimes. It's like right there. I mean, talk about slant, I mean, Devontae Adams, we saw him make a career out of it with with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You know, these things kind of come in time with the more you get comfortable with your, with your guys around you. But real quick about Adams. He's obviously having a problem with the Raiders. When the first kind of thing happened, the first thing with Carr was getting, you know, being benched, told to stay home. Adams obviously not happy. He went there for Carr. I can't see them being a package deal going anywhere. I think they're going to be, that marriage is ending. Do you see the Bears making a play for Adams.
0: I think it would make a lot of sense. Uh people talk about You think about the he money. wants to
1: come to Chicago to kinda give it to Green Bay a couple times a year?
0: I think he didn't love how it ended as far as some of the comments he had when he left Green Bay. Uh he loved Getsy. He said he talked about it all the time. He yeah. he, he said getsy's like the reason why he was able to make the jump he did because the beginning of his career was was rough. And Getsy stuck with him because you know, as a wide receiver coach and then, you know, moving up. And you know, the money I don't think is an issue. The Bears have a ton of money. I mean, forget, well, who cares about that part? Uh, does he fit the timeline? Not necessarily, but wouldn't it be nice to have a safety blanket to as Justin moves forward in his career and yeah. you can eventually get other wide receivers in there? Like, yeah, absolutely. I would do it. I mean, I'm not going to just straight-up trade him in the second-round pick for their oh, yeah. their nine. I need a little something yeah. extra. But, I mean, I'm, I would do it. I think it makes the most I think he would want to do it. There's a couple other teams that make sense for him too, but
1: why would you not want to stick it to the Packers after how things ended? It's fun. It's going to be a really fun off season. You know, obviously bears as bears fans, we're more interested in that, but it's going to be a crazy, a lot of weird stuff going to happen this, this off season with the league. So, but that's it. We're going to wrap this up here. Uh Thanks for tuning in. Of course, if you're on the podcast channel, if you also do this stuff on video where we do a little, little pre-show stuff. So if you guys uh, are listening on the podcast, Check out the video, kind of hear what we kind of talk about early. And uh, until next time, bear down, my friends.